your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to uh, Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM in studio with me, Lacrosse County District Attorney Tim Grinke. We got a lot to talk about, so don't want to waste any time. But uh, I was, I was at first wanted, I, I was think. Did I do, is he district attorney, attorney general? Which one is it? No, no, district attorney. Don't overstate it. In my head, I always mess that up. But uh, Big difference. uh, You're shooting for attorney general someday? No. Nope, nope, never. (laughs) Are those jobs even the same, like similar? They just have the word attorney in them. Yes. Yeah. Um, You've been doing this for 14 years as the district attorney in the county, and then overall 25 25 years. Um, And... Let's see. What do I want to talk about first? Because we, you know, some of the stuff that some of the stuff you're not going to be great on because you're part of the situation. The Shavante Thompson deal, uh, Hatch Baby. We got the police report from Hatch Baby vandalism, which is on WisdomNews.com. You'll you'll be part of that too. So yeah, it, those cases are in front of me right now. And I, I think everyone knows Hatch Baby. Shavante Thompson shot and allegedly shot and killed someone on the north side. And you said it was a year ago today, huh? Two years ago today. Oh, two years ago today. Uh, I wonder if Brad, I feel like Brad Williams, the human Google, who always remembers key dates. I wonder if he had that on his uh, on his plate. Um, he usually is right on top of that stuff. So other things I want to talk about, too, is Kyle Rittenhouse trial. We can go crazy on that, right? Yeah. And that's something you watched today? I watched a little bit of on while I was doing some work. I had that on in the background, so I saw a little bit of the opening statements and a little bit of the first witness. Is are you the type of guy that if you're you have a day off or you just you don't have anything to do, are you getting popcorn and watching a trial like that, or are you going for a hike in the woods? Hike in the woods. Okay. Hike in the woods usually. So or or, or what do you what do you do in your free time or if golfing. you're just golfing? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem because that's your job, and then you you don't want to usually. But if you did, if you did watch something like that, how do you how do you analyze something? Are you getting trying to get tips, trying to get take angles, or are you just kind of Popcorn no, and just, it, just popcorn and enjoying it. Yeah, just, just watching for the enjoyment. Um, let's see the other couple of things. The the police board is you know we've called it in the past the citizens police oversight board or a citizens board, and we've probably jumped a few steps ahead in what Lacrosse County is trying to do there uh, when we start saying citizens board because we don't even know who's going to be on that board yet. But we're right. We're uh, we're going to talk about that for a little bit and. Um, the one thing that I, you know, I forgot to last time you were on, I forgot to talk to you about is we have seen different communities, different cities, uh, different counties, you know, here in Minnesota and just across the nation, um, stop pulling people over for things like a broken headlight or, you know, we we've seen incidents where people in Minnesota have been killed. They get pulled over for something very petty, and then there's just kind of yep. a discrepancy, and then they end up getting. Uh, that person ends up getting shot. I think the Dante Wright, I think that's yep. a situation, and, and he was supposed to get tased there. That's where the police right. officer must have muscle memory went for her gun instead of her taser. Um, but, uh, you know, different communities are starting to do this. And I, I guess we could probably we can probably get into that right now. But um, this the idea here in, in, in Ramsey County near the – near to the St. Paul or the St. Paul area, the district attorney has done this, where he has decided that they're not going to prosecute for, so so the the pullover would actually still happen, or is it just kind of, hey, please, don't do this anymore because we're not prosecuting these people. I don't. I, I think the message the DA is sending to the police is don't pull people over for minor traffic offenses and arrest for a felony because he won't prosecute them. 
Um, I, I don't know all the details, but the I think the intent is to try to stop having police pulled over for very minor things like a taillight out or not headlights on or uh, registration tags, things like that, and then develop a reason to search the car or to get the drug dog out and develop some sort of a felony arrest for drugs. So the idea is to get away from that because it turns into police uh, hurting people or people getting more serious violations based on something pretty minor. Um, so I get the intent of it, but I, I guess some of the details I think are, are missing because police can't exactly always know when they stop somebody what it's going to turn into. And if they're trying to not stop people for traffic offenses, I guess they have to decide um, what they're going to do instead or if they're just going to let certain crimes go, which may result in more you know, traffic accidents. So it, it, some of the details are missing. I feel like headlights out is one that, you know what, if my, not headlights out, if my headlights aren't on and it's dark out, you know, then we yep. see that all the time in downtown La Crosse because yes. uh, the police can pull me over there and just be, maybe come to the window and just go with the two hands. Blink, right. the blinking lights hands and then just and then get back in the car and go hey turn your turn I, your headlights on idiot i think what they're trying to do is change yeah the policing to do stuff like that to if you are going to stop somebody make it just a traffic stop and not go further although i i don't know if police can really do that you never know what you're going to see in the car or people are going to say that might alert you to like there might be something more serious but i get the point they're they're worried that police are sometimes in those cities, using those stops is just a reason to stop and then do further investigation and maybe harass certain people. So they're trying to get away from that. I think maybe the better way to do it is to better train the officers and, and better monitor who's getting stopped instead of just having kind of blanket um, amnesty for certain people because I'm not sure how workable that is for officers who are just patrolling. My thing with police pulling people over for and giving tickets for speeding, uh, even just running a red light, just any of those basic trials, you know, where... First of all, I'm I'm not a big fan of uh, them hiding somewhere. You're the police. You're supposed Catching to be out in the community. Yeah. community. Uh, it's supposed to be public safety. Uh, we should know where you are. You shouldn't be hiding from the public to try to catch us. Uh, you know whether it's going you know too fast or anything. You you could still do that when you're when you're driving normally. The other thing too is when we ticket people for speeding, uh, parking tickets, any of that stuff is just going to hit poor people way worse than it's mm-hmm. going to hit. And and that's probably more of a of a how do we how do we charge or how do we bill people or how do we ticket people and how much the tickets are for we we do this when you know the hatch baby incident we we talked mm-hmm. to last time when we arrest these people for destroying hatch baby it's not going to be like a set they're not going to just get fined a certain amount because we we kind of determine yep. where their status is in society, right? A little right, bit, right? Yeah. And so you're right. Traffic cases are are less about who did it than just the fact that you did it. So yes, uh, you're right. I think the better way might be to figure out how they're doing it, how they're doing this enforcement, and is it really public safety or is it disproportionately affecting certain people versus others? Um, yeah, you give plenty you, of research that says the more you enforce traffic, like speeding the less accidents you have or the less serious accidents you have, so they don't want to just let people go. On the other hand, if you're only pulling people over who have you know, no mufflers, no lights, broken taillights, you do end up hitting some people harder than others depending on their pocketbook. And yeah. It's not taken into account. And speeding, I think we that one's real easy, but I think speeding isn't isn't part of what the, I don't think these so. uh, communities are doing. Speeding is like a, a hazard at a certain level. You know, If someone's going 80 through La Crescent at 40 miles an hour, Going 80 through downtown La Crosse. Clearly, that's a public safety hazard, and we need to pull that person over. Um, but yeah, stuff like your your registration isn't up to date. 
Uh, a headlight out, that's, you know, it could be serious or not. A taillight, some of that stuff. But, like, you easily could get the license plate number, send that person, call that person. I'm sure that the police yeah. m- might have that person's phone number, but they'd have their address through the driver's license. And, and then, you know, you get a little letter in the mail. Hey, your taillight's out. Yeah. You you have, uh, you know, here's how. I think, uh, I think in the Twin Cities that one of those communities is actually giving vouchers to go have that stuff fixed on the community. Right. And, you know, that, I, I get what they're trying to do, but, again, it's it sounds easy, but the person driving the car might not be the person who owns the car. Mm-hmm. So somebody might borrow it, might be your kid instead of you, your husband or wife or whatever. So mailing it, your address on your driver's license isn't always up to date. Not everybody has that done. And another thing is when police pull people over for, like, not having their headlights on, sometimes it's just I forgot to turn them on. It was bright downtown ordinary lights, and I just forgot to turn them on. But other times it's a sign that they're impaired. Yeah. So a lot of times they get to people, they're old on the window and they smell alcohol. Well, now you're you're doing some good to get that person off the road. You know, I hate to see that people are making, you know, decisions to not stop people who are committing minor violations and we end up with more accidents. That's, that's counterproductive. So it's not so easy as to just say, let those people go and mail it. I don't think it's going to work, and I don't think it's going to with a lot of people getting tickets that weren't the actual driver. Well, when I say and mail so, it, I, I mean not even a ticket. It's just, just and I don't know if it would be an official warning, but yeah, it would be FYI. like, hey, heads up, your your registration is out of date, which they probably already know. Yeah. Uh, your your front tail light, your your front your front tail light, your tail light or your front headlight is out, which a lot of people don't know that's happening. So yeah. if you got that in the mail a couple of days later, be like, oh, okay. Um, but it's not some kind of like penalty because those penalties, Elon Musk gets pulled over for speeding or for, you know, his headlight no, out or right. whatever. It'd be funny if he did. Uh, he's not going to go, oh, man, how am I going to cover that $200 ticket that I got for, you know, having a headlight or taillight out? No, that's true. The tickets these days, it does add up and we don't take into account people's ability to pay. And no, you're right. Some people, it does affect more than others. Um, all right. That's La Crosse County District Attorney Tim Greinke. We're going to take a break here. Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. So Eric called before and he was wondering just I think just the basic premise, and this might be a better question for police, but Lacrosse County District Attorney Tim Grinke might know. Uh, please pull you over for speeding or something or taillight out. Some pretty pretty basic. Uh, but maybe they have the police dog in the car and the dog gets a whiff of like you got you got marijuana in your car. And then they can the can the police go above and beyond? Uh, you know, oh, you have the dog is you know hitting on your car, and now we're going to search your car for marijuana. You know, because can, you've already they can do that. They can. Yeah, if you're stopped for a valid traffic stop, they can run a drug dog around your car as long as they're not keeping you there any longer than the stop would normally take. So they can't keep you there while they get another dog. You know, all those various circumstances. But generally speaking, you're stopped. They have a dog. They go around your car because that's public area, and that they smell drugs and yeah they can uh, go inside your car then okay so i think it's part of the reason those cities are trying to stop those because that is what happens and yeah they have people sniffing the dog and then yeah people get bigger charges out of something minor well that would be a a, a violation if the people are sniffing the dog that the, what you said there. oh i'm sorry <laughs> but uh yeah that's that that is also part of the the situation where these communities want to stop pulling people over for basic things because they might be doing that to certain people right. unfairly because they think maybe, hey, that guy looks like a person that might be on drugs. Um, exactly. Might get into a situation where it's just like, maybe we just need to train. This might be a training situation. We just need to train people and then right. and then weed out the people that have these biases. Well, I think the, the better approach would be that is to have better police training, better police, you know, 
oversight from supervisors about who's being stopped and why and, and how often. Um, that might be better than just trying to have some blanket rules that gets a little bit difficult when we're actually trying to enforce it. Yeah. Um, you, okay, you mentioned oversight. Let's do that. We're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse here in a little bit, but uh, La Crosse County is trying to create a an oversight board or what they're calling at this point a police board. Um, today there was some, we, we've got some news on wisdomnews.com, but you were part of this judiciary and law community, or committee? Yes, uh, the judiciary and law committee of the county board met today and they uh, reviewed the resolution that was passed by the Criminal Justice Management Council. Uh, they agreed to approve it unanimously and pass it on to the county board. And the resolution is to create a study committee to look into this idea of a police board. Um, we're, we made it clearer that it's, it's not meant to be something that steps on the toes of police or, or supersedes the authority people, people already have over police, um, get in the way of police and fire commissions or uh, human resources, but something that's meant for the citizens to have an avenue to uh, have a little bit more impact on the policing and the police have a little bit more of an avenue to talk to the community. So that's that's been approved and it'll go to the county board next. Um, how long has it taken to get to this stage, you think, about? Well, I think the committee, the, the idea started last summer, so um, over a year ago. And the, the so ideas, two summers ago, technically. Yeah, so summer of 2020, how's that? Yeah, okay. And uh, so it's a little over a year they've been uh, talking about uh, where it should go and how it should be, so it's been a little over a year so far. Um, and it's been kind of, I don't know if it's been rocky, but a little bit, a little bit a little bit choppy and in, in trying to get here, just the... But the conversations, I mean, that's that's gonna that's gonna, that yeah. makes sense, right? There's been some yeah stops and starts, and I think uh, it's it took another step forward today. Um, I think there'll probably be more conversations in the months, maybe even year to come about it. And uh, people have different feelings about how police should be, and there's people f- everywhere from police are great to police are terrible and everything in between. So we just have a, a changing view, I think, of what the police are supposed to look like in today. And I think the police locally are doing a pretty good job of, of being aware of that and recognizing that what used to be okay is maybe not okay anymore and maybe we can do better. And so I, I think there's going to be some more conversations about what is a police role when it comes to things that are not criminal. You know, what is a police role when it comes to, like, mental health or homelessness? Um, what what can they do? What should they do? How, how should they be reacting? Um, all those are, I think, questions we're all grappling with, and it's, it's kind of a time of change right now. Um. First of all, let's just you talk about we don't want the police board to overstep anything like the police and fire commission in the city of La Crosse, La Crosse County Sheriff's Department, Sheriff's Office. They're just the human resources would be the people that or or the county board, the the, the county board or human resources. Uh, The sheriff's a little bit different because it's the one elected position for most of the police chiefs are, you know, appointed. Um, But the sheriff being different is elected. The really only control over the sheriff is the elect the electorate, uh, the citizenry. Maybe the county board when it comes to, like, budgets or things like that. Um, maybe some county policies when it comes to, like, personnel matters. Um, but they're a little bit different than the other places that have a police and fire commission. And then some of the smaller departments don't have that. They just have, like, maybe the Campbell, like, town board. Um, West Salem, probably the same way. Um, on Alaska uh, has a police and fire commission. The city has a police and fire commission. So they're all set up a little bit different. So this police board would... You know, almost be universal. Hey, we're going to do things. Uh, you know, whatever it is, we, we might get to that in a second. But whatever it is, the police board would do. 
it would do that to the county. So all on Alaska and the, the sheriff's office and the city police, the city police departments and the county sheriff yeah. will be part of that. That's at least the goal, right? Um, okay, how about this? Just the, I guess the meaning could be different, but can you kind of provide a, a little bit of a definition of what a police board would do in this in this regard? Yes. Um, so the city of Madison has one, and it's it's not a totally new idea. There are cities around the country that have done it, um, but it's it's two ideas. One is that there are a lot of people that have issues with the police, but they don't feel comfortable complaining to the police. Uh, that that's the place where they had the problem, and they don't trust the police or don't feel comfortable going to them. So this board might be a place where more people could go to address concerns they have, and not just about individual cases, but policies, uh, maybe the policies we were just talking about with who gets pulled over and how and why. And the other part would be for the police to go to this group as, as kind of a bridge to that community that they don't normally have a good relationship with to say, how can we do better? How can we reach out? How can we build a bridge? How can we communicate better? Uh, what can we do to improve things? So the if it works great, then that would be the idea is it's kind of a place for both people to go that's outside the normal government steps so that people can have better communication what would you say the you know police here what's their biggest issue with this board being created uh, i think the maybe the biggest concern would be again the idea that people that aren't in the police or don't do police work would somehow think that they're telling the police what to do or how to do their job and i think we can all understand that if if you're doing your job and someone comes and tells you you should do different and they've never done your job you might feel like well what what do you know about this? It would be like me being on a, a district attorney oversight board when I'm trying to tell you what to do when right. I don't know if I all know all the things that you're, you're right. doing. So I think part of the concern is that. Who, who would be the people on this board that would tell police, you know, why are you telling us what should happen when you're not really in this world? I think that's a hesitation. I think it's a concern. I think that will be alleviated because the police are going to be part of this study committee so they can, you know, make sure that that's not what's going to happen and everyone's got their, their best interests in mind. But I think that's part of the hesitation. And, and also maybe just the unknown of, you know, police already have a number of entities they believe looking over their shoulder. Here would be one more that might be able to say they did something wrong or shoot us something better. And I think maybe part of the unknown is is some hesitancy. Well, some of that unknown, too. And then, you know, who's going to be on the board? Because police want yeah. somebody, I don't exactly know, but not maybe not somebody that is in police currently, but maybe somebody that's had past experience as a police officer which isn't which isn't out of the question to have. Right. Hey, you know, I'm a retired police officer, but sometimes yeah. also, hey, you know what? Actually, we want to be completely, you know, avoid having former officers. Which I don't know if that's even. We're not even at that stage, right? Well, that, that's one of the questions that would be have to be addressed: is who would be the best person to be? Of course, you want people who are open minded, but of course, people disagree about what even open minded means. So, who would it be? What kind of qualifications should they have? Who would put them on the board? You know, how long with the terms? All those things are, you know, valid questions that, that need to be worked out. But hopefully everyone is part of the process and they can they can make sure that they're satisfied with the result. Yeah, because we're at the studying phase yeah. of this. Uh, no, we're not. I mean, we, and it's not really a cramming situation. We're not cramming for a test because there's no timeline here, right? There's no timeline as of yet. Uh, they, they might develop one. Um, I said today that it's, it's good to do this now because we're not under time crunch. We don't have some sort of crisis and we're scrambling to say, what should we do to fix this? We're doing it at a time when we can take our time and do it right and not just rush through it. So I think it's it's a good time to do it. Um, what's happening in Minneapolis right now, for example, is they're, they're voting on whether or not they should get rid of their police force and replace it with something else called a security force. 
that's a direct result of George Floyd. And I think just the worst thing to do is to have a crisis and then respond with something that you really don't even understand. And so I think we're doing it maybe at a good time when we don't have something staring in our face that we're just re- responding to. We're, we're trying to do it right. Yeah. And, and that also brings up some animosity, I think, with either group because it's like, hey, we didn't, we didn't do anything wrong. Why are you trying to create a board that's going to oversee us? And it's like, well, if we do this now, then, you know, we don't have to point to the thing that you did wrong and we can eat, both come together and kind of figure this out uh, and, and, you know, slowly. And maybe when emotions aren't at their highest level and people aren't already feeling uh, with their backs against the wall. But I think Minneapolis is a good, good idea of how not to do it. Just in response to an event, having the city council talk about getting rid of the police, but not know what they'll replace it with yet. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty scary to me. And we're doing it hopefully in a way that uh, we're doing something that's, can go slower and, and, and get it right. All right. That's LaCrosse County District Attorney Tim Grinke. When we come back, talk about a little, little bit about the, the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. Also, um, maybe just, uh, well, I was going to say Blue Baby, but I'm not sure if I want to talk about Hatch Baby or not because you're going to be part of this. But I do actually just maybe just a real brief conversation about that as well. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Lacrosse County District Attorney Tim Grinke spending the hour with us if you have questions for him. We've talked about the police oversight or the police board now is what we're calling it. Yep. Uh, we, and, and maybe that name will change because we are in the baby steps of creating a police board of, in Lacrosse County. Oversee kind of how many uh, just uh, do you know off the top of your head how many departments in the sheriff's office it would oversee? Well, uh, about we have about eight to ten, depending on how you count in the county. Okay, so uh, pr- pretty big responsibility. So the idea that we've taken already uh, about a year and a half so far, and you know, who, who knows how long beyond yeah. this makes a ton of sense because it seems like a big overtake. It, it's complicated. Um, all right, and then. Uh, the other thing we talked about before uh, earlier in the show was just the idea of pulling people over for really basic things. And there's so many different ways to think about this, pulling people over for an expired license plate or a burned out taillight. And uh, some communities have stopped doing this for various reasons. Um, but the one in Ramsey County, that it was the district attorney that told, uh, told, told uh, I guess, the police that he's not going to prosecute for stuff like that. But when you say felonies, like felonies are seem, we just had Hatch Baby a couple of felonies. So what's what's a felony with a traffic violation? Well, not with a traffic violation, but it might lead to a drug charge as a felony. Oh, or, or fleeing an officer oh, that, if they don't pull over, or something's discovered. So a felony comes out of that traffic stop, and I okay. think that's what he's trying to stop. That makes okay. That that makes total sense because the other ones I think are just the, you know disproportionately yep. unfair uh, pulling people over for. A burned out taillight when you get a, if you get a ticket for that, or even the, the cost of fixing that, maybe somebody can't afford. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I remember reading in one community, they were giving out vouchers. So if I got, if I had a burned out taillight, I, the police would give me a voucher and then I would just go and, hey, they're going to fix my taillight for me, yeah. which is, you know, kind of awesome, actually. Um, all right. So I, I want to talk about Hatch Baby a little bit. Last time you were on, we didn't have any arrests. We were still looking. And I think the, I think the big the big lead into getting these arrests was the guy that the guy posted these pictures on Instagram. He sent them to a popular local Instagram account that just paid. But basically, this account posts uh, pictures and videos of college life, if you want to quote unquote college life. And uh, he posted those pictures and went up on Instagram. Uh, at one point, the police the police had had 
somebody call in and go, that's my living room. I lived there last year. I recognize that couch or that laundry room and gave, gave the address of where that was. And then it took a month for Facebook, which owns Instagram, for them to send lacrosse police, basically their, the police, police made an open records request kind of, or a, they, they made a request for, for uh, the records to that Instagram account. I, I think it turned up 250-page PDF, and on page 208 was where lacrosse police found the uh, messages of the guy who initially took these pictures of Hatch Baby's face in their living room, sent them to this popular Instagram account, which everyone in the community that could go and see. Uh, those pictures came down pretty quickly, but once they're posted, police are going to be able to find that. So lacrosse police went to UW lacrosse because on his profile, he says he's UW lacrosse student, figured out his class schedule, went to a class and, uh, and took him out of class, which <laughs> seems pretty awful. Hey, you're the guy. And then now I'm sure everyone understands that everyone in that class, if they still have, yeah, they would still be in class would be like, Oh, that's the dude <laughs> that police came and got. And now they all know that he's the guy that, that stole hatch baby's face. But, the stories don't quite match up with the two people that were arrested and another person was cited, so they just got a ticket. So two people end up with felonies, and the other person got a ticket for just you know being part of the ordeal. Uh, the stories don't quite match up, but one person went was going home. Of course, they said they were drunk. They told police they were drunk. They were going home and leaned on Hatch Baby. Apparently, they just leaned on and and you were you and I were talking. It's hard to lean on Hatch Baby. It's a nine foot tall statue. Uh, to lean on it and have it f- the head fall off. I don't know if that's possible. It seems like kind of a fragile statue, not because it's shaped like an egg, but just in general. But they, they said they don't quite remember, obviously, because of the inebriation factor. But uh, So anyway, they leaned on it, head fell off. They left and went home. Well, another person came and saw the head on the ground, and maybe the face had fallen off because of that, and then they decided to take the face home with them. Well, at the end of the at the end of the story, you find out these two people are neighbors, and the people that brought the face home kind of felt guilty that they stole this thing, so they threw the face in the bushes of their neighbor's yard, and that neighbor turned out to be the guy who initially broke the fa- that broke the baby in the first place, and then the next day he took the pictures because he had the face, he found it in the bushes, he had the face, took the pictures, and then they decided to discard baby's face in some guy's yard on king street they they must have drove i'm just imagining them driving by and like frisbeeing the face out the window because it's kind of shaped like a frisbee but uh the the stories the stories don't quite add up to me because they're too coincidental oh one person broke baby hatch baby's face and then the other person who just happened to be your neighbor stole the face later the different different differentiating uh being totally separate but then coming together in the end because your neighbors um so now the next step here, because we have arrested two people who are out on signature bond, they have a, a couple of felonies against them because Hatch Baby was worth $23,000. Uh, what's the, the city's next step here? Uh, so the, the woman who got the citation would go to municipal court. Uh, the two people that were given a signature bond, I think it's uh, like in three or four weeks they've got an initial court date. Between now and then, the DA's office will look at the reports, will determine what, if any, charges would be appropriate, and, uh, and we go from there. And so right now I have to say they haven't been charged with anything by the DA's office, and they're still innocent until proven guilty. And if they end up you know, pleading guilty or being found guilty, uh, like anything from jail time to community service, is the, the, the decision there? There's a, 
as with any case, there's a wide variety of where things could go. There could be no charges filed. Uh, there could be a ticket filed, like an ordinance ticket. Uh, we can give diversion agreements, which is basically stay out of trouble. Uh, we can put people on probation, jail, fine. I mean, there's there's quite a few options at this point. Um, as with, with any case, at this early stage, it takes a while to get to the resolution. Can we be creative and maybe, like, maybe have those people... Uh you know, do something in the art community, like they have to go <laughs> to the arts board meetings and, and become, uh, you know, uh, some kind of like, you know, pusher of, of arts in the community. I don't know. It just seems like, I don't know. Can the judge just be, decide some, to be creative? Some judges get creative. Sometimes they go too far, but uh, sometimes judges get creative with, with sentencing. Um, there's really no no limit except the maximum fines and and jail sentences. But when you do what's called a diversion agreement, People can sometimes volunteer things themselves, so there's really no no limit as as long as they're agreeing to it. There's really no limit, um, but and sometimes judges do get creative with doing things on anniversaries, uh, doing a certain number of hours at a certain place for community service work, um, writing letters sometimes, uh, doing essays I've seen done. So sometimes judges get creative. Yeah, the uh, and last time we talked, we didn't know who was who was going to be responsible for this, but we. You know, if you, I just want to make assumptions, a couple of college kids do something like this. Uh, you know, finding them thousands of dollars isn't always, you know, just in general, finding some some people that are, are probably not making, uh, you know, that that full time living of fifty thousand dollars a year or whatever, uh, finding them thousands of dollars isn't going to be very productive. Fines are usually not productive. We don't use them very often. Um, and with college students, there's also to consider if the university does anything to them or not, um, just like we take into account of like people lose their jobs or lose housing. We try to take into account some of those natural consequences too. All right. We talk about like judges doing stuff creative. Well, let's get into the Rittenhouse uh, situation. The judge has, has done a bunch of different things that seem to me creative. Uh, do, to you, when you're reading all these things we're leading up to the trial that started yesterday, uh, is what the judge is doing, is some of that a little jaw-dropping to you? Well, the only thing that, nothing was really shocking. The only thing that I didn't understand was his ruling that the uh, the deceased parties couldn't be called victims. That's not that unusual. As many judges do that, that during a trial you shouldn't refer to them as the victim because that's still in front of the jury. But So that wasn't unusual. But what was unusual was he said that he would allow the defense to call them looters or rioters. That was a little bit unusual because I, I thought that was... Um, Kind of the same concept. You don't call people things until it's been proven. Yeah, um, we're making an assumption there that they're they were first, or rioters. First, also not victims. Yeah, but they did die and or yeah. were injured from sh- being shot. Yeah. So they're not victims because maybe they they were the aggressors there. That's the that's, thought that's idea the argument, there. Right. And and on the flip side, they're looters and rioters because of course you are because you're at a at a protest. That that was the weird thing to me. That one's. That, that was the only odd thing. The rest of it was was not that unusual, not that out of bounds. Difficult trial, I will say. It's a it's a complicated scenario, and it'll be interesting to see where it ends up. What about the judge yesterday? I think they just had some time to kill, and he just started playing Jeopardy. What was that? I I think that was a time to kill thing. It was apparently the judge passed time when people are getting set up. Instead of just being bored and kind of looking at each other, he threw out Jeopardy questions. Some judges judge, um, will talk to the jurors, some won't, some will uh, give them more information. Uh, some judges will pass the time by yeah, just talking socially with jurors. So that's the Jeopardy part I haven't heard before, but talking to the jurors 
to pass some time isn't unusual because there's a lot of downtime in trials. Would, and I don't know how vast the knowledge you have of judges across the country or across the state, but uh, do we have some just like crazy judges that are in courtrooms that it, it would take something like Kyle Rittenhouse, something like a national story to kind of expose the fact that like, yeah, oh, you know what? This guy is a little out of his gourd and maybe he shouldn't be a judge. Well, yeah, I mean, I certainly heard stories from around the state about judges that have been odd, and you're right, they don't get the news unless something big happens. But, yeah, there have been judges that have been, I'll say, strange or kind of outside the norm compared to other judges, and in smaller counties especially, if you've been a judge there for a long time and nobody runs against you, uh, some of them can kind of just do their own thing. And if there's no real big case to be decided, they can kind of stay hidden for quite a while. Yeah, it just it seems a little sad. But judges, they you know they're elected like anyone else. Are yep. they are they four yep. year terms? Too? Six six year terms. Yep. So it's not like uh, you're not electing this person, but maybe you know like even in the cross county, we don't often have a challenger to any of the judges, right? Right. right. And in small counties, I think it's the same thing. Why is that? Is there just not people qualified to be a judge, or well, is it just that crappy of a job? Just like well, you have to be um, interested in doing it. You have to want to run for it against a sitting judge, which might be difficult. You have to live in the county, which not everyone lives in the same county they work. You have to, you know, again, want to do it versus what you're already doing. You have to have what you believe is a skill and expertise more than other people. So it's, I mean, the, the pool is kind of small if you think about it. People that are qualified in some of the smaller counties, they don't have that many attorneys, period, much less attorneys who want to do that, want to take the time to do it, want to run for it, want to give up what they're doing. There's all those factors. Are there a lot of rules to being qualified enough to be a judge, or can you kind of make it to that position without because it's you're, you're voted in without maybe yes. having the experience? It seems like we might have even a Supreme Court judge or two that doesn't have a ton of experience right. doing what they do. You know, it's not there's a lot of rules. It's just that if, say, you're a lawyer that specializes in, in trusts and estates and writing people's wills and things like that, if you want to be a judge, well, then you have to do criminal law and family law, and maybe you don't want to do that kind of law. You're not specialized in that area. Or if you're a attorney who does family law maybe you don't want to take on to be a judge and do other parts of the law so it's not that there's that many rules it's just not that many people that might be interested in doing that for an occupation everybody at home is like rick you're a talk show radio host what are you talking about people unqualified um we do have a call here if you want to throw those headphones on uh we'll see uh caller caller who is this hey rick this is nathan calling in tonight hey, you're doing a good job there <laughs> do you have a question for lacrosse county district attorney tim Grigge? Well. Well, actually, more of a comment, you know, and, and I always refer, you know, I'm listening to this about, you know, our, our laws and people, and in general, you know, I always default and tell people is that I, I go to the wit and wisdom of Barney Fife, and Barney Fife made a statement one time, and he said is that this badge or this shield represents the people and the laws, not only Barney's law or Andy's law, but the people that were breaking the law. So going back to it is that the the shield represents our laws, and the, the deputy or the policeman is sworn to uphold the law. So it is a difficult job. I know they, have to, they should have some sort of a review board, but it comes back to our people in general. If they just follow the law, you don't speed, you don't drive around with a broken headlight, and you don't break the law, there's, there's no problem. And it's your law. It's not my law. It's our laws. See? So that's my comment tonight there, Rick. All so right. That's yep. all I had. All right. Thanks, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I mean, you could just say comply or, I mean, we see that argument a lot. I think the uh, the Daily Show is, is taking that to another level with uh, New York City police uh, protesting 
and not complying with mandate laws yeah, there, right. and then they're taking that to hey, maybe they should comply too. Um, yeah, there's there's a there's maybe the the law is the law, and we should enforce it to its fullest extent, or we could look at how it disproportionately affects different people. Well, the laws are, um, it, yeah, I mean, it does certainly said a lot that you just shouldn't break the law, but there are some people in any society that are going to go against whatever the law says, and sometimes it's not their fault, sometimes it is their fault, sometimes there's other factors that play into it, but it's just like if you have a rule at work, and you could say the same thing, well, just don't break the rules at work and you won't get fired, but we all know there's some employees that, for whatever reason, will not follow the rules, and there's going to be a consequence. Same thing in society, there's, there's some rules that the rest of us uh, live by, and there's some of us that either don't believe in it, uh, can't control themselves, have trauma that they're living with, just don't want to follow a rule. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, but uh, it's really no different than human behavior anywhere else. There's some people in your family that don't follow family rules. There's some people that don't follow work rules. That's, I think, just part of life. There's always a segment of people that you need to have some consequences for. Yeah, and the consequences can change, and they yeah. do change yeah. within the law based on you know who that person is, what they've done before, and what their situation is in society, yeah. and you know whether or not they felt bad about what they right. did, right? Even that, even that testimony from right. from somebody in, in court it maybe sways a judge's yeah. decision. And right? I've, I've always told people, even the best behaved children sometimes will break the rule, and they, they know the rule, they believe in the rule, they don't want to break the rule, but for whatever reason, they broke the rule. And so sometimes you just have to have, like speeding, we all have bad days, we all, you know, have our buttons to push, we all have our breaking points, so rules are going to get broken, no matter what way you cut it, and when rules are broken, we have to make sure the police and the lawyers and the judges are applying them fairly. Yeah, sometimes I leave food on my coffee table and leave the room, and then my dog eats all the food off the coffee table. And the dog broke the rule, but actually I'm kind of the idiot for uh, leaving the food there, and then I don't punish the dog because yeah. it's kind of my fault. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. A couple minutes here, le- a couple minutes left here with. Lacrosse County District Attorney Tim Granke. He's a big fan of Buster Himes. Um, real quick, before we before we let you go and before we end the show here, um, COVID's kind of pushed back a lot of things in court just because you don't want to be literally in court, yeah. I suppose. Um, there's quite a few. Are they all homicides? Yeah, we have a lot of homicides pending. Well, for, for us, a lot of homicides pending because of COVID pushed a lot of stuff back. So there's four of them, right? There's Okay, so the one coming up next week, Shavante Thompson – um, the other ones that are happening, the triple homicide on the uh, just northwest Salem on that County O area, right where the County M, County M right where the uh, the the other guy with Ken the uh, the Ken Hammer, where the pole went through, uh, allegedly went through, according to him, went through a window and killed his wife. Um, that one's resolved, right or uh, not? That, that appeal is pending. The appeal will be decided in April. So that's another one. Yeah. That we're, so we have the Ken Hammer appeal, the triple homicide, Anquan St. Junius, which was a a situation where somebody was stabbed to death in a cab. Yes. And then Matthew Kinsler is where somebody got in a fight over a parking situation in the Menards parking lot, which led to an older man dying, right? Correct. And that's also uh, being ruled Still a pending. homicide. Still pending. Um, but Shavante Thompson's coming up next week, can, and you're part of this, so you, you're not like the greatest person to like analyze anything, but you yeah. can break down just what, what the, the case is about quick. Well, the allegation is two years ago this day, November 2nd, um, the allegation is that Shavante Thompson shot a young man in the alley um, off Rose Street on the north side, uh, killed him uh, by shooting him in the chest. And so 
the trial scheduled to go next week finally. Okay, and that happened two years ago to the day. Today, huh? yeah, November second. And the triples homicide happened not all that long ago. St. Junius, do you remember how long ago that happened? That I think was also um, that same winter of like 2019, so going on two years. Okay, and Kinsler, uh, that's got to be about two years ago, maybe a year and a half. Ago. Uh, maybe less, about a year, year and a half. Um, is that a lot? A lot of a lot of. It's a lot depending on, on one time. I mean, you, we don't have that many homicides, thank God, in Cross County. And we usually only have maybe one, two at the most pending. And we get get them done, but with COVID backing everything up, we've got a lot pending now compared to normal. Is that a lot for you? Because I mean, everyone else has got their own lawyer, and they're doing, but they're all coming at you, so to yeah. speak, right? Yeah, it's a lot for me. Like I said, more than usual. We don't usually have this many pending at, at once. Do you get like a lot of overtime then for that? Did get no overtime or vacation. <laughs> no overtime or vacation. All right, that's Lacrosse County District Attorney Tim Greggy. Thanks a lot, Tim. All right.